decided that I was going to record this moment that I'm feeling very, very vulnerable in. And I've been crying. Probably <laughs> can hear my stuffed sinuses. And I just talked to Eric, and that was good. But so today was a beautiful day. <laughs> it was a gorgeous day. Both it started out with overcast, uh, nice morning, and then the sun came out, and the sky was blue, and the sun was just generously caressing my face and filling me with heat and hope and I met let's see Rita Luna a dog oh the most adorable sweet dog six months old Rita was the owner of a small flower market and I bought many plants and flowers from her I met a really warm wonderful Finnish woman from Tampere at a second-hand store that's very, like, luxurious. And I, as many of you know, can can go... And I'm from California. And my mom's Colombian. My dad's Guyanese. My husband's French. And I can just share and share and share. And and I kept saying, are you sure you want to? I don't want to take your time. She said, no, no, I love this. I miss it. Uh, she lived in Australia for a time. And she was supposed to go back last year. But with the pandemic, plans changed. And... And we were talking, talking, talking. And she said, would you like a coffee? Because it's a secondhand store that also has a coffee machine. And during non-COVID times, you can sit and have a nice cup of tea or coffee. And so she made me a latte uh, for free. I, I did get some purchases. I, I bought some, a little gift for another new friend, Mina, who is just so warm and kind. And we're going to be staying with her and her husband, Guillermo, for five nights. So we leave on Tuesday. We'll be there till Saturday. She lives in like central East Finland and they have Vara, which is like a, a hill, but that has lots of trees. And apparently the geography of Eastern Finland is very different from Western Finland. And we will spend five days there, then go to Kuopio, which is a couple hours north of Hoiroinen, I'm saying it wrong, but the village Mina's from, and then Elik and I will go to Rovaniemi, which is the capital of Lapland, and Lapland is the northernmost region of Finland, and the land of Santa Claus, Santa Claus's village is near Rovaniemi, and we'll spend two nights there, and then hopefully Dan and Vilma will join us, um, we're waiting to hear the government's new restrictions with the pandemic and they might be closed like they might be saying you can't leave Helsinki or Espo like the southern region unless you have a very good reason or you have a summer cabin or something like this and then we're gonna go to Balas Ulas National Park which is another two hours north of Rovaniemi and maybe not I don't know exactly how much an hour and a half and it's very close to the border with Sweden we're gonna bring our skis we're gonna bring our our calm selves and we're gonna read and play board games and just snuggle and be cozy and I'm gonna write and take pictures and videos and I'm really looking forward to it and so anyways Johanna the woman who shared a coffee with me and 
we had a really nice conversation. I ended up giving her my name and my phone number and she gave me a little paper to write this down in my podcast because she said she's been looking for new podcasts and I told her I suffer from bipolar disorder. This is the first time I'm meeting her and anyways, it was very nice and I just went back a couple hours later and I just saw this little plant. It was, you know, just a tiny little gift. It was a little tree and and it had just two roots and one of them was quite thick and sturdy and the other one was much more thin and delicate and it looked like a woman you know when you kind of pull up your dress to the side and then you bend your leg in a seductive pose it looked like the tree was a seductive woman it's a tiny baby tree anyways it made me think of her because she's a photographer so I felt like it would be a beautiful photograph so I brought that for her and I also brought this random little plant that I just thought you're beautiful for the other woman who was there and she was just listening to our conversation. She was more quiet, but she was very nice and, you know, said, oh, you're American. There's a cafe called Brooklyn Cafe and I think the owners are American and they're very nice and it's a nice cafe. You should go there. So I'm going to check it out uh, next week. But anyway, she was very nice. And it turns out her name is Angelina, but everybody calls her Lena. And I brought her this little plant too. And anyway, so that was a nice moment. And then I met a random woman whose name is Jessica Sunni. So she's like, it's Sun and I, which I thought, oh, how lovely. And it turns out she's a writer and she wrote a, a, a non, wait, non, fiction is not true. Fiction, a psychological sort of thriller novel that came out last year and it's in the library so I'm going to rent it and she's writing a new novel now and she had a gorgeous dog was it Cho Cho Chow Chow it was something with CHCH like super fluffy and gorgeous hair and she's eight years old and her name is I'm going to say it wrong maybe it's Erta 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 it means heart so there's two words for heart and finish there's like the beating muscle in your body and there's another word that means like the queen of hearts and that's her name and I just thought that was gorgeous and I told her I was a writer and that felt weird to say I'm a writer like I never I think I never gave myself permission to think I could make a living writing right because it can be quite challenging and I felt like I should be something more prestigious or like a really a medical doctor and for a long time I pursued that because I wanted to help people right that was my intention I love helping other humans I love feeling the connection with my fellow humans and I think this year I really realized that there's so many ways to help others heal and I think and I hope that my vulnerableness and being so open will help others feel not so alone and I think today, so I had this really beautiful day and met lots of nice souls. And now all of a sudden it's like a wave of sadness and like hurting because I feel and question why I got so lucky. Like why I was born into a family that just loved me so unconditionally and how I, on my first date on OkCupid, my friend Amy, who's doing her PhD in Salt Lake City on, like, in cognitive science, on the effects of nature on the brain, which is amazing. I'm going to interview her for this podcast at some point. And she encouraged me, like, go on a date, Meg. What do you have to lose? You know, la, la, la. And I said, uh, uh, how do you know a person without, you know, being in their presence like this feels 
unnatural. And I resisted. And then randomly, as I tend to do, I said, I'm going to go all in. And one Saturday, I created an account. And okay, Cupid, you, you can answer literally hundreds of questions. And it has an algorithm that calculates how well you match. And you answer questions about yourself, like, I'm an extrovert, but I'm okay having an introvert as a partner. And religion is important to me, but it's okay if it's not important to my partner. You know, like all of these is very comprehensive. And so I created an account and was browsing the humans on there on Saturday. And I remember seeing Eric's picture. And if you've listened to my ode to him, if you haven't, it could be something nice to listen to that the beginning of it, where I describe his eyes and his presence was from this picture that He's in the Himalayas in Nepal and he really just looked so at ease and content and he's gorgeous. He's very handsome and I was very drawn to him and what he wrote. I was also drawn to his voice. So I messaged him and hello, I'm Maggie and I'm born in California, but my mom's Colombian and my dad's from Guyana and I'm a citizen of the world and I love traveling and I love nature and do you want to get a beer at the Golden Road Brewery, which is a cool brewery in LA, in Glendale actually. So this was on Sunday. He responded, a super thoughtful message. We went back and forth and we exchanged numbers and we were on WhatsApp like all in one day. I'm just like, a okay, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it and if not, peace out. And... We said, oh, how about tomorrow? And I said, yeah, okay. Uh, I, I work until 5.30 and I have a massage because I had got a massage for, I think it was a birthday gift to myself. And so I went after very relaxed and he was wearing a, a gorgeous, we tease each other about it now, orange shirt, orange collared shirt. And he had said on Sunday night, he rushed over to Ross to buy some collared shirts because he realized he didn't have much clothes because he's a very laid back, simple soul. He doesn't need much and literally would never buy clothes for himself if his mom or I didn't buy things for him because he hates shopping. Um, and um, anyways, we met and we had beer and talking and there was karaoke. Oh, golly, karaoke on a Monday night at Golden Road. And so we went out to listen to the music and he said, should we go up and sing together? And I was like, uh, thinking in my head, are you crazy? Like, I really like you. And because I like you, I'm not going to sing for you because my voice is nice when I speak. But when I sing, it's like, hmm, yeah, the shower's probably a good place for you. And so, uh, he was very cute and he said, we can go on the wait list, but thank God the universe was looking out for me. The wait list was very long. So there was no way we were going to get in. And I did tell him, I was like, you're wonderful, but I only sing for humans who love me already or in the shower. Like (laughs) we're not there yet. It was wonderful. And you know, we met on Wednesday and and went to actually Griffith Observatory and we hiked and that was the first time I held his hand and I, I apparently have some moves. So we're looking at the, the skyline of LA and it's a beautiful sunset. And I start telling him about my grandma and grandpa and I'm really close to them and their story. And I said, and it's so funny that my abuelito and my uncle Edgar and I, we all have the same thumb. Of course, my abuelitos is literally giant. It's literally this, he had huge, rough, tender hands because he, you know, he really worked tirelessly and was willing to do anything for his family, for our family. And my Uncle Edgar is very tall and also has this giant, amazing thumb. 
and I am petite and I have a tiny thumb. It's so funny. I'll put, maybe that'll be the, no, this episode could be the picture. I'll have the thumb of my grandpa and I, so you could see it. We call it el martillo, which is the hammer. It's like very narrow at the bottom. And then it's this wide thumb. So like my thumb is always too short, for example, for my gloves and we used to play thumb wars and anyway so I tell him about this and I said you want to see I was like can I see your thumb (laughs) and he put his thumb next to my thumb and then we just oh let me see your hand and then playing with our hands and then all of a sudden I'm holding his hand and it was very lovely and then um he very like relaxedly was saying you know I already have a trip plan with my Cali group so he had a a group of friends mainly expats from Caltech which is where he did his postdoc and they had planned a trip to Death Valley, the desert in Southern California to see the super bloom, which happens annually. And that year was supposed to be like a super, super bloom with, so you have the, the desolate dry desert and magically literally thousands of yellow. I think they're not daisies. I'm not sure what type of flower, but it's gorgeous. So I looked and I thought, oh, this is amazing. And this guy is wonderful, but only met him twice should I you know go camping that's kind of a you know a cozy thing so I thankfully my best friend is wonderful too and so she said yeah I'll go with you girl don't worry and so Mel and I we in my little uh, white pickup that <laughs> has been passed down from my cousin Joey who actually lives in Ireland right now with my cousin Yvette and their beautiful kids it was his car when he was in high school and he passed it down to he gave it to uncle brian my dad's brother and anyways many people in the family have used it at different points and i was gonna buy a used car and then uncle brian said do you know how to drive stick shift and i said not yet but i can learn and he thought hmm but my dad taught me so i learned how to drive manual transmission this little white pickup I looked must have looked so I loved it I loved it and it was great to learn how to drive manual because in Europe nine out of ten cars are manual in the U.S. it's the opposite anyways I'm going on many side tangents here I had this little truck Mel and I drove to Death Valley we met his friends all super nice but it was intimidating right it was like a group of 10 and thank goodness Eric is just the sweetest soul and it was very tender and we had our first kiss under the stars it was very romantic so I was just kind of giving him a little hug and he said oh do you see and he was pointing out the constellations to me like I was like wow you're smooth afterwards I've told him honey you got the moves like you were very smooth and then just a sweet kiss and then (laughs) Mel is a saint so we shared a tent like and obviously it was we were all very respectful of the space, but it was Eric, Mel, and I. <laughs> she's a, oh, she's, she loves me, it seems. And it was a wonderful weekend. And our friend, I think, Ed, was his name Edward? Um, he captured a photo of us where we literally looked like we had been in love for years. And it's framed in our house. And I love it. It's a candid one where Eric is looking at me. He has like this manly stance and he's very handsome and tall. He's 6'3", which is I think 1.9. I could be making this up meters. Um, and he's looking at me and I'm just sort of looking in the distance or kind of at his chest. And my hair is a lot. I hadn't, I cut my hair last year, last year. Two years ago, two years ago, and donated, you know, a lot. It was down to my butt, and I cut it up to my a little above my shoulders. But my hair was long at this point, and my tail, tail, my my ponytail is blowing in the wind, and it's just like a very, ooh, this couple's in love picture. Anyways, I was crying, but minutes ago because I'm feeling like why 
like, why did I get lucky and feeling? I, I'm trying to be, you know, kind to myself. And yes, I deserve love, but so does every human. And it makes me sad to think of all the humans who are still in the dark and who don't have a mom and dad who would do anything for them and who don't have a husband who sticks by them even when I'm seven months in a depression. And, and I just wish that I could just hug every human who doesn't feel they belong and who doesn't have a family that's as incredible as mine. And when I say family, I mean my family I was born into and the family I've created, my husband and my close friends. And, and it's just amazing to me. It's a, I'm feeling the, again, I think we all have two poles, right? We all have the Arctic and the Antarctic. We all have this North and South Pole, but when you suffer from bipolar disorder, it's like I feel everything kind of a lot more intensely. And so literally within a day, right, you can, even in a minute, in minutes, you can go from feeling pure joy to feeling a heartache that feels like it's breaking you. And so today's been one of those days where it was sunny. And it's funny, it's like the weather matched my mood or maybe it influenced my mood because when I exited the, it's called flea, like flea market, the secondhand store where I met, you know, there was, Yo- is it Johanna, 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 I have to ask her again, and Lena, I gave them their plans, and when I went outside, it looked like I entered Edinburgh with the mist, was everywhere, and it felt like Hermione and Ron and Harry might pop out and, you know, say, yeah, come to dinner with us, Maggie, and I was just, you know, daydreaming about this, and and then all of a sudden, I felt this sadness, like, like I, I, why did I get lucky, right? Because that's luck of the draw, being born into a family that's as supportive and beautiful as mine and to have fallen in love with someone as beautiful as Eric. And, and I haven't posted this episode, but I already know my kids are in the world. So I, you know, we're trying. I hope we do have kids, you know, that look like us or have our quirks, but I already know my children, our children are in the world and I've always known that because I want to adopt and for me, I want to adopt the kids they say aging out. So 15 and older, when you're 18, you can no longer be adopted. And I think just that's the saddest thing, right? To go through life praying and hoping that a family will say, come into our home, like you're my children and you belong and they call it forever family in the descriptions and I was reading these posts and like my heart was feeling like yes come into my home and I love you and I want you to feel you belong because if I didn't have that I would literally not I as I've said in a poem I would be decomposing at the bottom of the blue sea because the only reason I didn't act on my thoughts of ending my life was again out of compassion for my parents and my husband like I don't want my parents to think they didn't do enough or my husband to think that or having to bury your child is like unbearable pain and if it's they died by their own hand it's just it's tragic right suicide is tragic and lately I've been having this sort of nightmare where I'm I don't know exactly where I am, but I can see Eric and I see my mom and dad and Suvi and Carl and Mel and my abuelita and 
they see me and I'm smiling, my big old grin, and I'm chatting, but inside I'm dying, and I'm... It's like someone sews my lips closed, and I'm screaming, but no one can hear me, and I'm too scared to ask for help, and part of me is very... I keep saying I'm going to embrace my depression, but... Part of me wishes I could just kick it in the ass <laughs> and that I would never come back because what if I don't hold on next time, you know, and just, I will, like, I have a better support system and I know this too shall pass and I cognitively know this, but even in the depression I could say this, but somehow I convinced myself that I wasn't worthy of this gift of life. So I feel very overwhelmed right now. And I feel the sorrow of all the little humans who don't have a family and who don't feel they belong and who are praying anyone will adopt them and part of me wants to just adopt the world. I know that is not possible. But I know we're going to adopt because I've been blessed enough and lucky. Like, it's pure luck. I must have had good karma in a past life because... I have, I know everybody says I have the best mom and dad, but I really do. <laughs> and I would not be alive if it wasn't for them. And I, when I was living in California and at home and they fought for me when I wouldn't fight for myself. And then I married this gorgeous Frenchman from the Alps and somehow he saw the light in me when I thought it was gone. And <laughs> so this nightmare, I'm there and I'm not asking for help. And I know I'm strong and I'm resilient, but part of me worries that I'll have a moment of thinking that the world is burdened by me and that I will give in to the depression and let myself drown. And, and I'm just being very brutally honest about this. I have an even stronger support system. And here in Finland, I have my Finnish family and I consider Vilma and Dan to be my closest friends and they have a piece of my heart and even you know the woman I met today and the woman I met yesterday and Mina and I'm building a gorgeous network of humans here who I know accept me they all know about my bipolar disorder already the first interactions I've had with them I've said it so I'm really accepting my diagnosis but in this moment I'm trying to accept that it's okay for me to be sad and it's okay for me to think it might not be okay even though I know it will, <laughs> just so nobody's worried that I'm, I'm not feeling suicidal right now, and I feel so happy to be alive, and it's almost like the happiness and joy is so intense, I know that it can't last forever, and that's good, <laughs> I wouldn't know joy if I didn't have sorrow, but I'm just a little afraid, afraid of my depression and afraid of that voice that tells me I'm all these hateful things that tells me I'm not enough and I have dozens of humans all around the world in Kenya in Belgium in Boston in London in France in Switzerland in Hawaii in Alaska of course in California in Colorado, in Scotland, in Colombia, in Guyana, in New York, and in actually Hong Kong, <laughs> literally 
dozens of humans who are so kind and loving so it just becomes so like why am i so cruel to myself why do i tell myself that i'm not worthy and i know you know i have this honey it's the disease and i know but i have a growth mindset i consider myself and feel grateful to be a citizen of the world and a student of life yet somehow the love and compassion that just flows out of me towards others it's like there's a barrier and boop, the water tries to flow through to myself, but it stops. And I somehow think everybody else deserves it more than I do. So I'm just sharing my, <laughs> I'm not sure how this is going to sound. I think it probably sounds quite not so nice when you cry in an audio recording, but alas, depression and this sort of sorrow that I'm feeling is not so pretty. So I think it's okay if it sounds not so pretty. I'm alive and I survived and I will feel depression again and I will survive again but I think in order for me to survive I have to be this rigorously honest which is what I'm doing <laughs> and my nose is oh gosh it's all snotty I better go get a tissue this is the universe saying Maggie wrap it up so in wrapping it up I guess I'll say I love you to myself because <laughs> it seems I should say that more to myself and I love you my depression but I'm not gonna let you be victorious because the world needs me <laughs> and I have a voice that hopefully will make people feel less alone and feel I want it to be accepted and expected that you talk about therapy and feeling like shit and feeling so high that you think you can somehow touch everyone on the globe in a meaningful and caring way and I don't feel I could do anything or fly but I do feel so connected and that's what's making it possible for me to open myself to strangers and I've literally made over a dozen friends in the past two months and I've deepened my best friendship with Vilma and Dan and I and this new friendship with Mina, I can already feel it's going to be a lifelong one because she's just such a wonderful and kind and open human. And uh, I love you. I'm saying that to me and to you, wherever you are. However we're connected or not connected, and maybe we'll be connected one day. I guess I'm reminding myself that we're never alone. Even when in my nightmare, I am somehow not able to speak and ask for help. I'm not alone even then. <laughs> I'm with myself and I am... I am trying to be brave. And I know that I have a strength within me that is somehow able to tell the depression, Go to hell. <laughs> you have come and taught me and helped me grow more more caring and loving but you are not welcome here anymore <laughs> so i invite you today to feel grateful for all the humans in your life who love you and to feel grateful for yourself and all that you've overcome and all that you are because you <laughs> you are beautiful <laughs> and i am beautiful <laughs> 
And this lice, lice, oh god, not lice, oh la la. Okay, I'm almost done. This life is beautiful because we get to share it. And we get to share it together. So hug yourself today. Be kind to yourself today. And know that I love you. I don't know, that was intense. Uh, I'm, it's amazing, right? That was just 15 minutes ago and the tears have stopped. The, the wells have dried out. And I just drank some sparkling water and I, I definitely dance just by myself. I'm obsessed with two songs. Well, Can You Kiss Me Forever? And like, I'll Give You the Moon. And I'm kind of like hip hop in it. I don't know what's come over me, but I'm really enjoying myself. And, um... I've decided in this episode it would be nice because I spoke to how today was a beautiful day because I had the pleasure of sharing really genuine, honest moments with literally like five, five humans where it was more than just a 10 second conversation. It was with Johanna, I talked for an hour and, you know, with, uh, Luna, the dog, and her owner, we talked for 15, 20 minutes. And with this writer I met who, you know, published her book last year, is working on a book now. She was a journalist before. We talked for 20 minutes just on the street because I said, oh, your dog is beautiful. Oh, thank you. What type of dog is it? And we went from there. So I thought it would be nice to do an ode I wrote to stranger beauty. And as in a stranger who I've never met, their beauty, as opposed to strange beauty. It's stranger beauty. And he was a violinist, a 23-year-old. He was playing on the street, you know, trying to earn some money from Oslo, Norway. His name's Dima, and he was lovely. And I felt so honored to listen to him for... I, I listened from a distance, kind of shyly, and then I went up to him and I decided to give... I had got money from the ATM and I was going to go get bubble tea. And I said, I don't really need bubble tea, do I? I won't get it the next three times I'm craving it and I'm going to give him, you know... Um, all the money I got from the ATM and so I was holding it in my hand and he saw it and I think he thought oh no, no, no that's a little much and then he said ah do you like this and he launched into playing and literally I felt like I went on a journey and I hurt and I felt joy and I was just the violin was flowing through me and he had such a kind energy and it was beautiful <laughs> that was yesterday and then today I had so many lovely interactions and made two more friends and I just felt a sense of community with they were all actually either Finnish or Swedish people that I interacted with today ah no one American from Manhattan but he's lived here for 25 years and his wife's Finnish so Finland is home for him now so I'm going to leave you with this ode to stranger beauty and like all of my odes and poems, as I always say, let it wash over you and wash over your brain and head into the ethers or let it wash through you and allow it to touch you or to not resonate with you in any way that you need in this moment. And it's Friday evening here. I guess it's Friday morning in Cali. So wishing you a beautiful day or if you're in the European time zone, a beautiful night. And again, I'll say, 
te quiero. I love you. This is me saying I love you to me and I love you to you. Here's the ode. I hope you enjoy it. To stranger beauty. Oh wow. My soul exhales as the notes of your soul linger on the frigid breeze enveloping us here in the quiet center of Helsinki. The tram passes by as you begin revealing a new shade of your core with your fingers and face and light. The sounds you magically create tickle and hurt and heal my inner being. I stare at you and your violin. A chill runs up my spine and I'm unsure if it's from the icy wind kissing my face or your sharp music caressing my spirit. No matter. I feel myself reveling and dancing and existing so fully in this moment with you. From California, you say and smile. You launch into playing those tunes that every California goddess knows. And again, my heart grins. In the short pause between songs, I ask where you are from and how long you have played. Oslo? Oh, lovely. And since you were 15? And how old? Oh, 23. How young you are. You chuckle and launch into another symphony and I cannot help but feel honored and spoiled to be experiencing and relishing the art you are creating. To be savoring it face to face in the flesh less than one meter from each other. Your violin and her voice continue to dance around and within me. And though I did not imagine it possible, my heart has somehow grown wider and softer. My core is prancing around in the rain-filled plump clouds and my heart floating into spaces I never thought I would discover. Well, at least not in this lifetime. You smile again as I tell you how beautiful you play and how deeply you have touched me with your voices. Skinny Dima from Oslo. Your sparkling icy blue eyes meet mine and with a kind energetic grin, you thank me. Oh, no, no. Thank you, I say. And please, never stop. Always raise your voice. Always create this world of hurt and joy and pain and mystery that you have brought to life for me today. Always share you and your sacred violin. still listening <laughs> this is just to leave you with a quote that I've already said and I like saying it again because I think it helps it seep into my soul two quotes the first is by Lao Tzu and it goes 
Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. Nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And then I'll leave you with the quote by Robert Frost, the poet. Again, about it's okay to go slow, be a turtle, be a super sloth. And I've really been owning that. <laughs> so my body's been exhausted. My mind is awake and my heart is open. But my body is five hours is not quite enough. So working on that. But Robert Frost said, There is no need to be rushed along with the rush. Everybody should be free to just go slow. There is no reason to be rushed along with the rush. Everybody should be free to just go slow. So kind of check in with yourself. And I need to go slow, but maybe you need a little bit more light and energy and animation. Kind of see if you can figure out what your body or mind is saying and then maybe honor what you hear, whatever that is. So wishing you the strength and fortitude needed to respect and listen to your own voice. Have a beautiful night and until next time.